Welcome to the Secrets of Confident Women podcast, where you'll learn all the best tips, tricks, and practical techniques for building the confidence levels you've always wanted. With inspiring interviews, real-life examples, and game-changing insights, this podcast is for women who know that mastering the skill of confidence is one of the most important things they'll ever do. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Secrets of Confident Women. My name is Jodie Bruce-Clark, and together with my business partner, Anastasia Adams, we run a business called Rise Women, which is a business dedicated to helping women learn practical, confidence-building techniques so that they can increase their confidence and do the amazing things they want to do in their lives. Now, we have had some incredible women on the podcast, and today is no exception. Today, I'm interviewing an incredible woman called Sheila V, who is a powerful psychic medium. But this wasn't always her life. At the age of 38, Sheila experienced her own life-changing sequence of events. She fell into serious depression triggered by a relationship breakup and breakdown at work after years of striving for perfection. Everything in her her life had to crumble to make way for her new life and it was during this period that she started speaking to the other side. She had an awakening. Now, Sheila has mastered the art of blending two diametrically opposite careers. She's a corporate leader as well as a spiritual teacher, medium and psychic reader. She cultivated her skills in mediumship at the prestigious Arthur Finlay College in London, studied mindfulness at Esalen and studied with world-renowned psychic medium James Van Prague at the Omega Institute. Sheila knew she needed to change her life and dedicate herself to transforming people's thinking around spirituality, especially in the corporate world. It was time to help people discover their true purpose and build a more fulfilling life. Now she is the founder of Empowering Intuition and the author of the book, Brave, Courageously Living Your Truth, which comes out in May this year. Sheila V, we are thrilled to have you on the podcast today to talk about confidence, courage, and living an authentic life. So welcome to the Secrets of Confident Women. Thank you, Jodie. It is such a pleasure to be here with you and your audience. Yes, we're so I'm so looking forward when we when uh, we've been um, we've met before, and then we were introduced. Like you sort of came through another group of friends that said, um, "Oh, you really need to interview this woman for your podcast." And I was like, "I've actually met her," so <laughs> it was thrilling. It was like meant to be that you were supposed to be telling us your story. I, th- I think it was synchronicity at its best. It was. That we've connected all those years ago. It and was. Then, and then right now it's the perfect timing. Yeah. And with your book coming out and all the great work you're doing with in your Empowering Intuition business, um, we're th- just so thrilled to be able to hear a bit more about your story. And I think it'll be really um, inspiring and empowering for our for our listeners. Obviously, I've introduced you a little bit, but tell us a bit about yourself and your journey up to this point. Yeah, Jodie, so I feel I led pretty much a standard life for, you know, my 20s and 30s. I got raised in a Sri Lankan family um, where success was really important. I thought society meant I had to study really hard and climb the corporate ladder. And so, you know, I became a chartered accountant. I got a scholarship to uni. 
I worked with big banks in London. You know, I climbed the corporate ladder. Yeah. I did an MBA. And the whole <laughs> tick, time, tick, Jody, tick, tick, yeah. so many boxes yep. on the outside. It looked like I was really successful. And I think on, on in, in many cases, I feel I was a paradigm, I'm living a paradigm of success according to many other people's values and belief sets. Yeah. And as the years went on, I felt the dishonoring of myself in my body and mm. in my heart and in my soul. And when I got to 38, I think the universe was looking at me saying, no, you're off track. Yes. Or it's time to take a right turn and start doing or stepping into a larger part of your purpose. So that's mm. what happened to me. I had a, I had an awakening a formal awakening, I call it, when I teach my students around 38 yeah. um, into my spiritual gifts. So, you know, I now work as a medium and a psychic reader. I am an empowerment coach. And then my dharma up to this point led me to write this book called Brave mm. because, you know, even though I was honoring, um, I felt like society and my the values of my culture for so long, I was being pretty brave the whole way along because I was taking little baby steps towards honoring my gifts and yes. my gifts were pronounced really early when I was 12 years old. I had my first bout of depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm so sensitive for anyone out there that had that experience at such a young age. Mm-hmm. For me, it was a sign of my very psychic abilities yeah. that I couldn't really be around conflict or around, um, you know, a chaos or around, you know, too much. I had to live a very settled, calm life. And so these gifts were already presenting so young and I just shut them down. Absolutely. And so many people, I've met so many people even in my coaching and things like that, that that did what you sort of did, sort of tick, 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 did all the things that we were supposed to do or that someone told us we were supposed to do or the, the career. I coached a lady who, she, you know, someone said to her, oh, you'd make a good, you know, blah, blah, blah. And that's where that's how she fell into that career from one person saying – you know, one person's opinion of of where they thought she should go. But um, so many women find themselves doing other people's lives and find themselves off track. I think it's really common, and and this is no cliche, it's really common for women to self-sacrifice for a a greater good of a a partner or children or parents. And the conditioning begins so young in life. It happened for me. Mm-hmm. And it, it wasn't a product of my family. It was a product of society. You yeah. know, we're all microcosms of a greater macrocosm. And my own uniqueness, my yeah. own specialness, my own dharma, my blueprint went out the door. Yeah. And, you know, as women, our intuition is our superpower. Our intuition mm-hmm. is our guiding light. And these aren't, these aren't um, motherhood statements. This no. is real because I teach it now. And yeah. in my book, Brave, I describe something called the courageous path. And it's the pathway of making changes in your life to honor yourself. Yes. You know, and it is steps. It is it is managing the transition generally away from a conditioned way of living into yeah. an authentic way. And it's going to look messy. Oh, it's gonna, sure. It may mean a divorce. It yeah. may mean separation. It might mean so I used to throw in my executive career. I I got to the top of the corporate ladder as a finance director, as a CFO, and I'd spend a lot of money on an MBA. They're not cheap. That's right. (laughs) And even I was looking in the mirror questioning, is this the right thing to do? But this voice in me was just, yes, it is. It is time to make a big change in your life. And it's listening and honoring that voice because sometimes that voice isn't rational and logical at all. That's right. But it it is 
always trying to sort of get you back on track. So sometimes we really have to stop. And in our busy lives and when there is so much pressure, and it's interesting what you say there's that perfectionism in you. You know, I think so many women struggle with that of, well, I've got to be at this level in my career and I've got to do another MBA and I've got to do this and that 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 perfectionism of striving and then they get to where they're striving for and then it's sort of like, oh, what am what am I doing here? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we get lost. Yeah, we get lost and lost and lost, and before yeah. you know it, you're in the middle of the woods, lost, yes. and with no light on. Yeah, and 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 that's where there comes a trap because I love this Joe Dispenza quote. I open my book with it. We become addicted to the life we don't even like. Yes, oh, and God. it takes something to change the life. I had to get mentors and coaches. Yeah. Yeah. Psychic counseling. I do a lot of psychic counseling where I literally mm. and I take women through a program where it's like let's let's do a reading now and channel through wisdom from the higher planes and you know, higher yeah. self, right? The yeah. high wisdom. And then let's put in place an action plan to enact on it. Because there's no point having a, a session with a coach or a mentor where you feel good about what they're saying and then you go back into your life and not make changes. So I I, I had people around me to guide me to actually start making big, bold changes in my life. And I, I made the changes so they were irreversible. You know, I was like, I'm yes. going to quit my job. I'm going to hand in the resignation letter. I'm going to speak wow. it out loud. That I is brave. On this. <laughs> that is it brave. Was. Yeah. But it takes something. You, you obviously got to the end of, I can't live like this any longer. Like I need to... I need to do something and it is sometimes a big, bold move and sometimes it's smaller steps. As you said, I'm sure you work with clients that take those smaller steps but they know where they're going. They've got to get out of and start pivoting towards being more authentic to who they are and and what they want out of their lives. Yeah, absolutely. You know, even some of the – we think are small steps, we look back years later and are big steps. Yeah, that's so, true. <laughs> you know, we I just got to go for web- it, haven't we, with sometimes? Yeah, you just got to mm. go for it. I just threw a website together about five, six years ago in Squarespace and it, it felt small at the time. I thought I just got to put a website. But because of that, I could have clients in my business. Yeah. And yeah. I was doing my spiritual work part-time in addition to my corporate so it yeah. doesn't, you know, people say, oh, putting a website may not be a big deal, but it might be the beginning of something massive. Absolutely. I now have a book yeah. out, you yeah. know, around Australia and New Zealand because five, six years ago, I just said, yes, I'm going to work as a medium. Yeah. I just said yes to the to the call of the universe. This yeah. is the assignment for you. And I said, okay, I'm up for it. And uh, so I personally, while I, I take small and big steps and I guide my clients, I look back and some of the big ones aren't actually that big. You think, you think, oh, this is really important. Um, and some of the little ones actually completely redirect your life in a new way. That's true. And what we, we talk about all the time is just be in action. Like just start, just move forward. Because as you say, you don't sort of know where sometimes big things turn into small things and small things steps turn into big things. But you have to be in action. It's the it's the the constant thinking about it and not doing anything, not even yeah. taking any step toward it. Um, that is the that's where it's paralyzing. So you know, just get into action for a small something small uh, and do something every day. So we love movement and being in action. Movement and being in action. Yep. Yeah. So what does confidence or being a confident woman really mean to you? For me, confidence is about trusting your intuition mm-hmm. to, you know, lead an authentic life. And Caroline Mist is a, a really great mystic. She wrote a great book called Sacred Contracts for any listeners looking to read some beautiful 
you know, pretty spiritual but really uh, amazing um, information around how to live an authentic life. She says, you know, accessing your intuition is the sign of a healed mind mm. and it's a sign of having great self-esteem. So, you know, once you listen to your intuition, you're valuing yourself over the, vo- the louder voices around you outside of yourself. Yeah. And once you start listening to your intuition, it is a sign of feeling more healed and whole, being more healed and whole. Mm. We're always whole, but more healed in terms of our self-esteem. And then the byproduct of that is just confidence. Yeah. So, you know, quite often I would would go to work looking a million dollars. I had a reputation for looking great. I I externally presented so well, wore my, you know, amazing, um, you know, corporate dresses. I I love heels. I think one of your questions (laughs) at the end. I I miss heels now Uh, being at home so much. I think I could have guessed that though with you because I have have met you and you did look awesome. So, Oh, bless. And uh, so, you know, like I looked confident yes. but I wasn't right so I think yep. you know if you I, I believe looking is believing as well yes but I, on some level I was fooling myself and yep. now I feel it in my own being and 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 confidence you know no one can take it from you I think seeking confidence externally through um Accolades you know uh, valid and, yeah yes. validation or through yeah. external validation or you know comments or of appreciation they're great nothing nothing is like confidence from within no that's right and as you say you know you got to the the job that you wanted and the MBA you did and like all the all those were there but if you still didn't feel feel that inner confidence yourself you knew you were still somehow off track yes because you know and I write this in my book so many answers to our great passions and dreams do lie in our childhood teenage years maybe our early 20s mm-hmm. where, we, where we still where we still give ourselves the permission to dream mm. um and I loved astrology books when mm. I was nine and ten years old and back when you all had old school print books and you borrowed books from the yes. library I, I, I was obsessed <laughs> the old days. astrology the old days <laughs> I loved the psychic column in the um in the paper yeah you know I come from um a family where my dad's a retired doctor so he's very logical and left brain and my mother's a medium herself she's a very psychic woman and they had an arranged marriage so they produced a child that was half intellectual half intuitive (laughs) so you know in my childhood my mother would speak to us about sort of mystical experiences and she'd have premonitions and dreams herself Mm. and so I grew up in a house where this was just normal and I loved it I loved those conversations and then as I got older I just realized if you talked about that stuff people thought you were weird or um you know you may not be uh valued or, um, you know, you can't do that in the corporate world. Yes, it was just, this, yes. you, you know, this corporate world rule. And I just played into the rules. And so, you know, as I got older, I thought there is a part of me that loves this stuff. And it never occurred to me you could love what you do for work. It just it just didn't occur to me. <laughs> yeah, I thought you've got to just be good. You've got to be good and work yeah. hard. And, and, you know, I became an accountant. And I yeah. thought I'm just going to do this really well. And I, I learned to find a way to love it. In a, by bringing creativity and I did an MBA so it was very strategic and I and I had a lot of conversations with people so I found a way to create love around it but it wasn't this genuine love yeah and every day I wake up and I love what I do and yeah. I love writing and I love teaching spirituality yeah yeah oh amazing 
So your story is one of real transition and change and really backing yourself to follow a path that wasn't necessarily encouraged. So throughout that, there must have been times that your confidence would have really suffered. So how did you maintain a belief or that confidence in yourself to enable you to keep moving forward and as we were talking about before, taking those actions? Yeah, so... There definitely were many times where you look at your bank balance and you think, I've made the wrong decision because I've got no money <laughs> yes. or clients or, you know, whatever experience they're having. So I, I recommend, um, you know, even, even it doesn't matter who you work with, you've got to find a mentor. Yeah. You've got to find a spiritual teacher, a soul mentor, an empowerment coach, a counselor, a healer, yeah. someone within that spectrum to help you to stop listening to the old voices mm. and they need to be a new voice. So it's important when you pick a coach or a mentor to find someone who's aligned in your value set yes. and um, who fundamentally has walked the path you're going to walk. So that's what I did. I found yeah. a spiritual teacher that had done, you know, types of tarot readings. She was coaching. And I found multiple mentors that literally I looked at them and I thought, you've got this skill or ability or this, business that I'd love to have one day or an element of it yes and they literally started to open doors for me Great. they picked me up when I was you know depressed and crying and filled yeah. with insecurity which is which is a really natural human experience the thing is they yeah. didn't let me stay down for too long no that's right and they really and they explain it's a natural part of the path yeah is you know when you're transitioning you're going to come up against limiting beliefs self-sabotage patterns um, you know, I'm doing something new. So I had to have a beginner's mind again. I'd, I'd left the corporate world as a finance director in mm. the top of my field. And I just started I, what felt like the bottom of a ladder. And I, it wasn't, but I felt like I was a beginner again. And yes. I had to bring beginner's mindset and curiosity, which it also involves a humble mindset, one, uh, one of learning. And yeah, that definitely took a bit of a tribe around me to support me. And then the, the other technique I used was, you know, I have a practice, a meditation practice of a morning where mm -hmm. I do come back to my center. And, you know, if I start my day every day with my own truths and knowings, there's less of a chance of getting knocked over during the day. Yes, yes. It's a simple practice, but it's effective. Yeah, absolutely. And with the mentors, you know, we talk a lot about who you surround yourself with makes such a big impact on your life so as you said drawing those people in and like what you did which what we teach people to do is like strategically get these people around you like really make it important for them to be you know who's influencing you and it was it's that that then yes you have these days low days limiting beliefs come in fear takes over all these sorts of things are normal but those strong, incredible people around you, as you say, won't leave you there for too long or let you stay there for too long. They really help you to go, that's okay that you're thinking that and that's okay that fears come up and this is part of the game, but let's get back on track. Let's build you back up again and keep that moving forward. Yep, definitely. And, and importantly, they're the new voices. Yes. Because if you don't have new voices with a new mantra a new piece of motivation a new inspiration you'll go back to the old voice which is you can't leave your marriage what will you do without money um you've studied so long to get here you know you can't make the change you're too old there's a lot yes, of this too, I guess, oh my goodness yeah. you know i'm in my 40s or 50s you know it's like i've, I've made my decisions i just think if you've got a pulse mm. and you're you're alive <laughs> you've got to feel alive that. life is long yeah. and, and it's so common these days for us to have two or three relationships in our life, two or three careers, 
two or three, you know, um, ways of incarnating ourselves. And we don't allow ourselves to do that. No. You know, and get a big tribe around you as well. Like it's not one person because everyone's got limitations. You know, when I mentor and coach women, I'm like, you've got to get multiple people around yeah. you and they've got to step and wear different hats for you. And you've also got to bring in, not even mentors, just new, in my book, I write about it, like the different types of soul tribes. Mm. You've got to lean into new communities. So if you're going to, you know, I interviewed a lady called Melinda who runs the Fertility for Yoga, right? So she, she, she'd run yoga sessions all based around women that were struggling with infertility or challenging, finding it hard to get pregnant. And she'd run these like meditation sessions outside of the yoga. And there's a group of women in a room that all have the same problem where they can't conceive. And it's such a private journey, such a painful journey mm. that of fertility or infertility or whatever question mark and these she shared the story of how held these women felt by other women yes, it's like yeah. they got to cry about this painful experience where they didn't feel like could do that back out in their community no that's so you've right. got to find a tribe around you going through the exact same thing that you're experiencing absolutely absolutely Awesome. Now you say that you had to break through all of your limiting beliefs to live an authentic life. So what beliefs were holding you back and what did you do to get past them? I had a belief that I had that success meant having a corporate role and having a very senior job title. Right. And so that that belief was Many women that, have that. <laughs> many women do and that that would equal happiness. This, mm. The belief is that that success looking that way equals happiness. And it can't look another way and, and you're not allowed to explore another way. You know, you can. I could always go back to the corporate world if I took two or three years out to explore it. But even that was a limiting belief. You can't take a break. Yes. You know, to sail around the world or to, you know, just take a, a break to, to deeply enjoy motherhood mm. because there's too much of a cost. So it's just this, having success and taking a break from it was a big limiting belief. Mm. You know, I, I had a limiting, I've had a limiting belief even just about being single. So mm. it's, you know, society, and I think it's Western and Eastern society. Eastern, you know, has the concept of arranged marriage with my parents had. Um, so I had a culture that's strongly embedded in marriage as being a foundation for your life. Yes, not even like being a, a you know, necessity. <laughs> well, it's a necessity of validation. Mm. So I would go to a lot of parties when my 20s and 30s and just, I was already on the way there still invalidated about my status as a single woman oh, and how and how that's walking into the party without the plus one, that I'm not enough. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's why I've, I've stayed in relationships longer than I needed to because the thought of staying was better than the thought of leaving. Yes, yes. And um, that was a, a limiting belief because that was a limiting belief that really hampered my life because when you're in the wrong relationship, it, it, it can it, it impacted me and my purpose. So my job was making me ill, and my job was making me tired. And then I had a relationship that I, relationships that I really worked hard at. That I don't think relationships need to be that hard work. Yeah. Um. And so I was choosing people I wasn't compatible with, um, and could have just dated and not committed to, out of a fear of being single. Um, and finally, there was a real fear around really honouring my spiritual nature because I had a belief that if I showed people this weird and wacky part of me that, and it doesn't have to be spirituality for any of our listeners. You know, you might be into trapeze dancing or pole dancing or some sort of self-expression, yes, you know, some yep. sort of turning up in the world as an artist or as having, you know, singing or finding a voice, whatever it might be that, 
you're not allowed to do that mm. or you, I couldn't stand out in any way, yeah. um, stand out from the crowd or in stand out and honor my own gift. And there was a limiting belief that um, I'd be laughed at or I'd be judged or it would invalidate my success. Oh, I know. And so I think there's so many points there. I find it sort of funny and reassuring that so many of us have the same limiting beliefs. Like, <laughs> I know. It's, it's highly common when I teach. <laughs> yeah, I've said to clients, yeah. look, Doug, you're really very similar to every other person I'm coaching at the moment. <laughs> yeah. But they're sort of like we all get sort of stuck in this like vortex of like, oh, my God, I'm going down the tube of the limiting beliefs. But we're all suffering the same. I mean, there's so many women that I'm sure have, you know, bought into that limiting belief around not being able to take time off to enjoy motherhood. I've got to get back into the little corporate career. Things will go too fast. I'll miss out on promotion. I'll, you know, and then it just doesn't equal, as you say, the success at the end or their happiness in life. They just feel like they have to do what the society is sort of telling them to do or you know must must stay in this relationship must get married must all these must but they put so much pressure on us forcing life to look a certain way when really there's other things for us to explore if we try to really look at those limiting beliefs all those beliefs that we've got to go you know I'm and and I think as you're saying find people who aren't living in that world and learn Absolutely. the skills from learn. Learn what they did. Well, how did they take, yeah. you know, three years off to enjoy the early parts of motherhood? And how did they do this? And how, you know, learn because it is that learning from each other. Absolutely. And, and you know, the, the two points I want to make around that, the first is, you know, the flavour of the limiting beliefs might be a little different. So I'm, mm. a, I'm a brown woman that sat at a C-suite as a finance director, a male-dominated um, <laughs> yes. industry, right? And you might have a different story. But yeah. fundamentally at the root of the limiting belief is shame. And that's why right. Brene Brown's TED Talk is one of the most watched TED Talks because yes. shame is very universal experience for mm. men and women. And it's, the road leads to shame. And we either want to avoid feeling shameful at all costs or when we feel shame, we want to hide. And it's the lowest vibration emotion um, measured, um, you know, scientifically that of shame and it, it feels as close to death as you can get if yes. you're really in an experience of shame. Mm. So that's the reason why, um, you know, I, I feel like, yeah, you need to find a soul tribe around you that's going to, you know, honour honor, honor the shame you might feel but to take you out of it quite quickly. And the second point I make in my book, and I, I talk about the past being the courageous past, you know, when we when we finally leave the big corporate job and become a, and take the motherhood role or take mm-hmm. maybe starting a side hustle, we think, oh wow, I've made this big leap. I've honoured myself. Now it's easy. And yeah. I talk about it's not easy. No, no. <laughs> because we think when we honour our purpose or we transition away from something that we feel out of integrity with towards something we're more in alignment with, it's easy. No, and, and that's where we create a fantasy. We create this other fantasy life that all my problems will go away. Yes, Well, we right. still, still take ourselves there. So I had to realize when I left the corporate world and went to write a book and step up and empower women, I still had my own shadow to deal with, my own insecurities. And so it's not it's, – it's, the, the road doesn't sort of become easier or um, – or, but I will say it becomes meaningful. Yes. And we opened this chat about synchronicity. I've had so much synchronicity and yeah. signs from the universe guiding me that I don't feel off. I feel aligned constantly. For me, it's just about following the signs, receiving them, acknowledging them, following them. 
Yeah. In our um, actually, what's been coming up in our we've got a in our online confidence course, and then we have a private Facebook group um, attached to that. And what that we I posted something the other day, an image earlier this year that was made such a big impact. Everyone was talking, everyone was sharing in there, but it was an image about how to choose your heart. And it was like, you know, it said something like being fit is hard, being unfit is hard, but choose the hard, you know, being in a marriage is hard, being divorced is hard, (laughs) choose your heart, you know. So we we went through a whole lot of like your experiencing, you know, you know, having a regular income and being in a corporate job is hard. Running your own business and doing that and following your purpose is also hard, but you've got to choose, choose the hard. They're both got those hard elements to it but then it's you know it's as you say it's never just because this is my path this is my my purpose that it's going to be laid out magically in front of you it's still hard but you want to be you want to be on the the hard path that you love you know that that means something yeah the one that's authentic to you I mean and I think people think transitions are literally literally breaking off one thing and stepping into another I was a CSO in a publishing house and at the same time I was doing that that director role, I was also on psychic TV mm. doing psychic readings on live television and I didn't know how to do both. They were both quite visible roles and involved a lot of energy and, and, yes. and some investment of my time and I thought, well, I still love this director role and I still am transitioning into this new spiritual space and I want to do both. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, I'm gonna, and it was challenging because I had to – you know, leave on a Friday, sometimes the end of month, the close out, you know, it'd be yes. long hours. And then I'd go have dinner and go straight to the studio yes, and record yes. through the night. I thought this is crazy, but I, I was choosing, powerfully choosing to turn up. And then when that stopped serving me, I left. But I just, the whole time along, the courageous path I write about, you just, if you're constantly honoring yourself, yeah. you're going to keep on pivoting in the right direction. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, such great info. I'm sure there's so many women that will be connecting with this because, as I said, we all, we all have a, many of the different beliefs come up to challenge us on on our path and, it, and those paths change throughout our 20s and 30s and motherhood and marriage and all these different things that we face and leaving co- corporate careers and trying to set up businesses and trying to find all these sorts of things create new new challenges for us to, to realise. Oh, so such great information. So what what is something that you failed at that now in hindsight you're glad you did not achieve? <laughs> Gosh, I've failed so many times. Uh, and I you know so many and I love failing is like I, I even teach this to my students. Like if you're failing and there's different types of fail, failing, but you're if you're failing, it means you're moving more outside the comfort zone yes. in, which is fantastic, and you're growing. Yeah. And there's a really good chance you're gonna reach your goals. Yeah. You know, my manuscript got rejected three times before I got it published, and the publisher that ended up publishing me said, Look, the writing needs to be stronger, you've got to go back and do a rework. So I sat down for three months during COVID and rewrote the whole thing. Yeah. Like I locked myself away and I used that time during COVID to write. And you know, I could have been dejected because I'd already put in a year's worth of work. And there's a chapter in my book where, where I've got a good friend who her second manuscript got rejected. And um, it was because of that rejection she went on to write an incredible second book and she published four books. She's a, yeah. a beautiful fiction writer. Yeah. And, you know, rejection and failure are just the best teachers in life. My book opens with a scene from the book, the best-selling book, Fifty Shades of Grey. So I was working at Random House when that book was running hot, Fifty oh, Shades wow. of Grey. Yeah. Sold 120 million copies oh, worldwide. And the opening scene in my book 
talks about how I was there having to make a decision around how much stock we needed to order. And I was like the head of the analytical team and I was there with a group, a small group of directors. And, you know, I felt, I felt whether it's reality or not, the whole decision was on my shoulders. Yeah. And I came up with a number and, you know, I was talking with the sales director and some other people at the time thinking, what do you think? And we're kind of, you know, umming and ahhing. And I think I just said, look, I think this is the number. And so we put, it was, it was a sizable, significant, massive number. Yeah. A lot of investment. (laughs) a lot of investment and we shipped that we put got the ship straight onto the um ship over in America to to sail to Sydney port which takes 2 months to turn around oh and at goodness. this point we were we Big W and Cayman Tiger were selling so many copies every bookshop was selling copies yeah, yeah. and literally the week later I made that decision the sale stopped dead wow and it was the biggest it was the biggest error globally made on oh my goodness and I was behind it and and that set off for me a trajectory of because I was a perfectionist. I was, I was one of the high-performing staff in that company and, you know, I was really, really honoured for, for who I was. And it was like a part of me thought, I can't make a mistake like that. Yes, right. But in doing that, it set off my whole life and career on a new path yeah. because I left that company. I ended up having to really look at my shadow side, which is why am I a perfectionist? And I was suffering from anxiety, ill health, depression, you know, like I was a workaholic. I yes. worked seven days a week. Yeah. And I had to look at myself and go, is that really working for you? And the universe set up this whole um, experience so that I could look at myself. It was really perfect in the end. Yeah. It's such a great perspective, isn't it? Finding that perspective on at the time the failure feels so big and so dramatic and so terrible but really wish we could get hindsight before (laughs) hindsight actually comes but yeah it's that perspective that you can see this you know all these failures are heading us back onto the right path or helping us learn something that we need to know further down the track but we can't always see that at the time we've just got to try to trust in this is for me. This is all working for me. Oh, absolutely. I, I live my life now where every time I'm taught something um, during a day or a week or a month, I stop and I say, what am I being taught? So if a challenge yes. comes up, I, you know, I'm, I'm human. I still will go into the emotion of it. But now I have enough tools that I stop and what is the lesson here? Yes. How, how can I grow past it? Okay, what, what about myself am I being shown that doesn't work? Yeah. What behavior or trait am I experiencing within myself that I need to look at? I do go into a pretty good line of questioning and then I use journal writing or some sort of silence to come back to an answer um, because we're in human school. This mm. is earth school. Absolutely. Right? And I do, you know, and I'm, I'm lucky I'm a medium. I get to speak to the other side if, if you subscribe to that um, notion and I get to I get to channel through pretty, pretty beautiful wisdom and we are here to learn. As souls, we're here to learn and grow and um, if we can just learn and grow, then you'll evolve. Yeah. Life will become um, sweeter. Yeah, absolutely. And it's such a great tool that you've, that you've just explained to really have that set of questions that you're consistently using and because otherwise, you know, I call it going down the rabbit hole, you start letting the negative conversations start and you just go down and down and down like you have to stop and then bring those questions to the forefront and journal or write them down or you know work with a mentor or a coach or someone to really stop the that negative conversation going to a place that can just 
go on forever. Like I, I always say, there's never there's never light at the end of this dark tunnel. The further you go down, the harder it is to get back <laughs> up again. But you, it's really that, as you say, those tools that you've brought in to bring yourself to go, right, I'm going to stop and I'm going to find the lesson. I'm going to find the learning. I'm going to find the what do I need to look at? How can I grow here? How can I do more, learn more, be more? How can I use this experience to make a positive impact on my life? And that set of questions is like so powerful for you to just really stop and take stock of where you are and and really consciously move yourself forward into a positive mindset again. Yeah, absolutely. And just to add to that, also perhaps think, and I do this too, you know, that voice is not the voice of my soul. If there's a good chance, it's a conditioned voice, a voice of a father or a mother, authority figure growing up, a, yeah. a teacher or an older sibling. It's not your voice. And I know I was crueler to myself than I was to anyone else. Oh, I was unkind. I we all are. And we all, you know, I wouldn't say the things to someone else that I would speak to myself. And I've no. just stopped doing that. I just stopped. You yes. know, it took a while, yeah, but I had practice. enough people around me going, you're cruel to yourself. And, yeah. and now I ask myself kind of questions that allow me just to go, okay, I need to dig deep here and answer them in a different way. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. You're right. Now, through your work as a mentor and executive coach, you must work with many women who are facing challenges in their life. But what reoccurring themes do you see coming up for women in the corporate world? So the, the most common theme is burnout. Yes. You know, tired women do not awaken to their purpose or their greater destiny or calling. And so, you know, so I, I personally burnt myself out. Then I, then I use my burnout as an excuse not to do my calling. So there's two ways it manifests. And, and you know, the first thing I do is, is, is to teach how we get our energy and our vitality back. And then we go into what's your purpose. Because by the time people come to me, they want to work with their purpose. And I, and, but there's not the readiness or even the availability to use their intuition and they're drained. Drone, so we've got oh to actually, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah, or they're caught in a drama cycle. So yes. if you're caught in that, it doesn't matter how much you know about your purpose, you'll never be able to step into it through action. Yeah. So burnout is really common. Self-sacrifice is really common. Yeah. Whether you're self-sacrificing at home and you don't, you don't tend to self-sacrifice at home and then come to work and, and be different. You'll self-sacrifice everywhere. Yeah. So I think it's giving away your energy and your power, I find, is, is common. Um, I find perfectionism really common. And, and it, perfectionism can look in so many different ways, and there is yeah. a spectrum of perfectionism. The thing is, if you're climbing some sort of corporate ladder, you generally you're, um, you're skilled. You know, you might be an, an A-type personality. I know I was. And the challenge I find with perfectionism, and I found this myself, is it's something society rewards you for. Mm. So you get bonuses and promotions <laughs> and sparkly titles. So it's one of those addictions It's very hard to come off yes. because everything that is working against for you, society values and, um, and, and, and gives you more validation. So why would you stop being this thing that you're actually benefiting from on some level? And I only overcame my perfectionism when I realized the cost was so great. So I had been burnt out. I was still single and was, you know, desperately looking for love. Mm. Um, I, I, I'd found I didn't have deep connections through friends. I'd get to the weekend tired and stopped having a social life. Like yeah. over years, decades, you wake up one day and you think, 
there's got to be a different way to live. Yeah. The thing then is perfectionism has really taken a long toll on you. Yes. So I find, yeah, they're probably the common, the yeah. common. And, and, and the last one is, yeah, women not honoring their spiritual nature. So mm. my, my last few roles, I had crystals, big chunky crystals on my desk. Oh, because great. Because I'm sensitive to energy and yeah. I had a big beautiful piece of black um, black obsidian on my desk. So I thought, oh, this is this is great for my, my energy. Yeah. And all my little spiritual trinkets and yes. whatever it might be, a bit of artistic self-expression. Yeah. I feel women don't honour their spiritual nature. Yeah. It's always the last thing. It's like the last on the list that probably never get, we never get to, isn't it? Because it's just yeah. Yeah. It's the last, it's like time. when I get time, yeah. I'll get to that. Yeah. But bringing that in to be part of your life so you feel that balanced and feel mm. that there are set some bits of self-expression in your life as well. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and and, and that's the self love piece. You know, yes. self love is, is self knowledge, and when you know yourself, you'll learn how to honor yourself. Yeah, I don't believe self love is is Epsom salt bars and, and and beautiful chocolate. It might be, mm. but if you st- because I used to go towards that as a self love piece. If you don't know yourself, you'll still dishonor yourself. Yeah, so I feel like that's that's a little light touch on self love. Self love is truly honoring yourself. Yes, you're right. You know, beautiful. it's really knowing who you are. Yeah. And, and and being having the courage to step into that and do it. The outcome might be a box of chocolates and a massage. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but we got we got to get there through that route of self knowledge. Now, speaking of courage, you call yourself a courageous warrior woman, which I just love. What does that mean to you in your life? And what would you say to a woman who is struggling to find her own courage? You know, for me, the courageous warrior woman. You know, it's speaks to courage and the spiritual nature of a woman and being true to yourself. It's been true to, to be who you want to be in the mm. world. So for me, the path is to hear the call and the yearning for change. So, you know, we might have led a life for a long time that honoured us. It might be the marriage or the career or even a business you started up years ago. And at some point, maybe it's time for that to change how that's showing up in your life. Yeah. And there's a yearning for change and the courageous warrior woman stepped into the path of change and transition. And, you know, so many of us, and I know me, I, I stayed stuck because the, I did not know how to change and I knew the cost would be great. I knew I w- something would have to die, a death of myself, the death of my attachment, the egoic death, the death of everything familiar and safe. Yeah. And it's a courageous warrior woman is okay with that. It's like I'm okay to lose everything that's familiar and safe and to honour myself and to walk forward. And it may be alone because quite often I would walk. I would take the first few steps forward in whatever transition I was doing pretty much alone, definitely with a mentor, but fundamentally I had to take the steps. That's it's like it. a child that's learning it. to walk. Yeah. Mother can stand there with outstretched arms like a mentor, but the child's got to walk. The child has to step up and walk, right? Yeah, so yeah. The courageous warrior woman has to take the steps and know she'll be caught if she falls. Yeah. And but trust because you don't know. And the warrior woman, I believe, is a woman who it comes home to herself and her intuitive nature. Mm. So what's next for you, Sheila? I've, you've got a book in May which is launching, and but there's a lot, yep. a lot happening around that. But what's really, what's the next thing for you? It's like it's funny. I'm speaking to my publishers in a couple of weeks about the next book, even though this one's oh just about God, to be Oh, my God, I know. It's, <laughs> as soon as I launched a book, I says I said to you before we started, you wait, everyone starts asking about your next book as soon the as you've got book, the yes. first one out. 
So truthfully, look, look, properly birthing this one into the market, you know, and, and into the hands of women that that need it. I wrote this. I wrote this book because I wanted this. I needed this book five, ten years ago. I, I wish this book had been on the bookshelves to go. You can do it. You know, you got this. And I read so many other books from many spiritual teachers that did carry me along the wave I was writing. And this book is more is very tailored to the path I walk. Yes, you know, one of of leaving behind an old life and stepping stepping powerfully into a new one. Mm. So I want to I want to I'm you know praying and hoping and, and and setting strong intentions that it finds every woman that needs to read this book, and then definitely more creative projects of writing. You know, expanding my coaching program to help more women. You know, like running larger groups and running a retreat in July. Oh, so just fabulous! More, more projects, yeah, yeah, more projects. Staying so, on the know, path you know, and just staying in action. Staying on the path. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to read your book in May. So I'll definitely be looking for that in the bookstores and hear more about that story. And I think every woman will get that encouragement of finding your truth, being more authentic. Like, there's not a woman on earth that wouldn't get benefit out of that so oh, I'm sure it'll not. be it'll be a winning success for you thank so now you, we're on to the rise women final power questions which we ask all of our guests which are our short sort of quick answers that we get a little bit more insight into you are you ready yeah I'm ready what do you wish every woman knew very basically I wish every woman knew how to access and listen and honor their intuition yeah oh, lovely yeah that's great. Wouldn't, oh my gosh, wouldn't the world be a different place if that was the case? What is your superpower, Sheila? You know, I've got a few. Oh, good. I do speak to the, I do speak to the dead, so, you know, the yeah. deceased souls. So like, that's a superpower. We tick that off as a level. superpower, that's right. Yeah, my real superpower is I awaken women and men, a lot of women, to their superpowers. Awesome. So I, I awaken many, I've woken so many women to their innate, psychic, intuitive all-knowing power themselves. Yeah, absolutely. So awesome, lovely. And you've already answered this, but we'll ask it for for sake of asking. Heels or flats? <laughs> Definitely heels. Heels all the way. Heels all the way. Good job. Now, your favourite quote or rule to live by? Well, in my book, I've got a quote nearly in every chapter. So I have I, – I, I love quotes. Yeah, I, love, I love inspiration because most of the time they're channeled. They're, they're, yes. they're, they've got such a vibration. So I've opened my book and, and um, there's one – I've loved Joseph Campbell's writing for so many years when I was young, like, well, when I was very young, I, I, I came across his book and I couldn't believe it. And he wrote, we must be willing to rid ourselves of the life we planned so as to have the life that is waiting for us. Oh, lovely. I love that. Yeah, he wrote The Hero's Journey, yeah. you know, and we're, we're the heroines of our life. We really are. Yeah. Awesome. I love that. Who inspires you and why? You know, I, I find I'm inspired by so many people. Mm. Um, and so this is a little bit of a different answer. I delight in spending time with my niece and nephew. I've got five. And they inspire me by their presence and how much they play. Mm. I know. I, they, they play with such um, abandonment and, and they're so in their bodies. Yeah. And I think that's the way I want to be more in life. So that's, that's who inspires me. Oh, that's lovely. I love that. Actually, I was watching something. I've got, um, even when I'm preparing for sending information to a client to do one of our mindset sessions, um, I've got a link to a Facebook video on that that says, you know, to prepare for this, drink more water and get a pad and pen and you know make sure you're in a quiet place and before we start watch this clip and it's of uh, this little boy 
who's just laughing. He's probably like two or three and the lady's, you know, he's in a percussion thing and then the lady's doing something and he's laughing. And But it's just, it's like that childish giggle and he's in a room full of people and he just doesn't care. And it's so, you cannot, you cannot not smile and laugh watching this. You, it cannot, you know, you can't watch it and not change your mood. It's so, because those, mm. as you say, those kids are just with that, they've got, they can laugh and be self-expressed and really playful and, and show everything without having all these, what people thinking and all these sort of other things that we seem to collect as adults. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then work really hard at, at dropping all the stuff we've collected so that yeah I love that I love kids are so inspiring to be around okay last one is finish this sentence if it if I had even more confidence than I do now I would you know I probably speak to bigger audiences and Great. and um you know that that would be it yeah. um it's funny when I saw that I thought I'm okay with where I am now. Great. So I think yeah. there's a, for me, there's a level of acceptance and knowing that there's, there's a bigger version of me to step into. And I and my experience has been, been initiations that have got me there the whole way. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, when the time is right, the big audience will appear. Yeah, yeah, I have yeah. a knowing about that. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, Sheila, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for your insight thank you so much for coming along and spending time with us today I'm sure there are so many themes in there there is so much about learning from your journey and your courage and your bravery and your confidence that will inspire so many of our women out there who are listening so we really appreciate you sharing your story and we can't wait for your book to come out Thank you, Jodie. It's been awesome being on this show with you. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. And thank you to everyone for listening today. And remember, there are so many ways that we can help you become the confident woman you've always wanted to be. So please get in touch or visit us at risewomen.com. We want to ensure that confidence is every woman's new normal and we do that by getting our programs and resources out to as many women as possible. So until next time, remember, with confidence, anything is possible. Bye-bye for now.